Hey everyone, in the following podcast you'll hear the edited audio of Sienna's live Instagram interview with performance poet and writer Jess Green. Alongside learning how to get into a creative career, Jess runs us through her creative process and how it's changed as a result of COVID-19. She also talks about what it's like writing poetry celebrating the culture of Leicester during a regional lockdown. I hope you enjoy. Hi Jess. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing really well, thank you. Thanks for joining us today. I'm really excited to hear more about what you've been up to. How are you doing today? I'm all right. I'm not bad. I'm okay. Yes, I'm quite happy that um, the lockdown is finally being eased a bit in Leicester. So yes, yes. I'm all right. Good. Um, I'm very pertinent to this chat, surprisingly uh, enough. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. So um, for people who don't know you, don't know your work, and don't know the project that we're going to be focusing on today. Could you first introduce yourself and introduce not something that other people do? Yeah, um, so my name is Jess Green and I am a writer and performer. Um, I write performance poetry and scripts for theatre and television. Um, and back in January, I wrote a poem called Not Something That Other People Do, which was a commission from Curve Theatre and um, it was originally for an event organised by the Arts Council and Leicester City Council to um, promote and celebrate Leicester's cultural offer. Um, little did we know that lockdown was about to bulldoze Leicester's cultural offer for 20 weeks. Um, and it actually, when the lockdown hit, it felt like it took on real new significance. And then when the local lockdown happened and Leicester was being trashed in Parliament and in the tabloid newspapers, we felt like actually this is really important that we put something out which really celebrates Leicester and, and our communities and our, and our cultural scene. Um, you talk about the celebration of Leicester, which is very obvious in the poem. Um, and it's, it's kind of a video piece um, showing the streets of Leicester and um, maybe recognisable sites around the city. Um, so for someone who hasn't watched it, what, what, is it, what is it about? What are you trying to do um, with that poem? So it was, it was originally about, you know, writing something which is about the arts and culture of Leicester. And when I first started writing it, I was really keen that that didn't just sound like something put out by like the tourist board. Um, yeah. And then when we developed the project um, specifically to go out during lockdown, what we wanted to do was to get as many um, people living in Leicester to submit videos of themselves doing anything arty or cultural or sporty or just like fun that we could put out. And so it's a mix of like videos and then the words of the poem. And I think that was really important because we wanted to create something you know, one of the hardest parts of lockdown was the isolation and the isolation of our communities. And I suppose we wanted to just remind people that those communities still exist. Those things that we love doing, all of that community arts and culture that, that we love doing is all still happy and it all still exists behind closed doors and on Zoom and virtually, but that it also will come back again. So that was what we were trying to do. Wonderful, thank you. So my next question um, is about the creative process. So as you mentioned, you wrote this poem in January before lockdown, obviously before COVID, um, and then you worked with 
curve to produce a video around this and film it. And I'm just wondering what it was like um, from an artist's perspective. Um, like what was the creative process like doing that in a socially distanced world um, without kind of the same in-person interaction? Well, I should say, I mean, the two people that I worked with on this were Emily Alton and Luke Billings. Um, Luke was doing all of the tech stuff and making it look really good in the visuals. Uh, Emily was the director. And I, I mean, Emily is a fantastic director. Um, and I mean, I had concerns about how do you create a project which is so visual and make sure that you've got three people involved in this project and you've all got kind of different ideas about visually how to make it interesting and if we're only talking to each other on zoom are there going to be any issues about making sure that everybody feels that their ideas are are being inputted into the project and actually you know emily was 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 brilliant and making sure that everybody um fully kind of communicated those ideas and, and they all went into the project so that was really good um i mean how did we go about it i wrote it back in january and then we started working on this in april we put a call out um we put a call out on social media asking people to send in their their videos of things they were doing and we did really worry that you know, so often you ask people to send in stuff and get involved and people just don't. And I did worry that maybe people might just be so miserable and so sick of hearing about anything to do with lockdown or COVID or any of that sort of stuff, or just sick of like virtual stuff. Like I'm so relying on Zoom at the moment for meetings and gigs. And, but I also like, I'm so sick of Zoom. I'm glad I live in a time of Zoom, but after this, I never see Zoom again. Um, and we did worry that that was going to be an issue. Um, and there was like about four days of silence where we got nothing and we were like, okay, we need a plan B. And then in the final week, we suddenly were just inundated and we got, I don't know, three or four times more than we expected. Um, yeah, so that all works really well, really. I was quite surprised. Definitely. And we've just had a question and um, kind of on the same topic. So from May is Creative, and they ask, how did you work to advertise the opportunity and ensure that you reached a wide section of the community, not just other writers and artists? Um, I think it was really, um, it was a real city-wide initiative. So it wasn't just going out on like mine and Emily and Luke's social media. It was also just, it was also going out through Curve and they have a huge following. Um, and then I think it was also um, promoted by like Leicester City Council and the Visit Leicester Forest boards um, and what was really interesting is that the things we got back very few were from artists you know very few were from writers and artists um, I mean so often you kind of have to rely on your artist mates for projects like these and that just didn't happen this time and genuinely it's like people sending videos of like their kids playing football in the garden or like walking the dog or one man sent in a video of his daughter making her first omelette you know like it was the stuff that came in actually wasn't all snooty highbrow art stuff and I think we need just like the poem says we need snooty highbrow art stuff but we also need celebrating a four-year-old making her first omelette so I think in that way there was a really nice range of stuff mm -hmm. wonderful um I am interested about you as a writer and how you went about um, the writing process. Literally, like, do you sit down with a piece of paper? Do you type? Do you go on a walk? Like, I'm excited to find out more about how you 
just start po writing poetry as an artist? I think one of the biggest barriers to writing is so often people say, but whatever I write is rubbish. And I think there's some kind of assumption that professional writers are never rubbish, that the, the, the thing you see final draft is like, it's just popped out of nowhere. And mm -hmm. I think really important, I suppose for any craft, um, but I think it's really important to acknowledge that I think 80% of what I write is total rubbish. And so it's really important that I write a lot so that I can kind of access the 20% that, that is okay. And I think, you know, it's so easy. I'm sure there is a place for kind of going on walks and doing yoga and being in the perfect room and all that sort of stuff. And all the, all the things have to be right for you to be able to produce your beautiful piece of writing. But I just think there's not enough attention given to the fact that if you want to write, then you just need to write and there's no shortcut and there's no magic solution, you really just have to write. And so I make myself write every day. Um, most of it I don't really like, but there might be like one line or something that I will use. Um, and I think it's really important as well to think about if you feel like all your ideas are rubbish, write them down and put them to one side and then at least they're out of your head. All of your rubbish ideas are out of your head now. So your head is free for your better ideas to come out um and i think you know there's so often so often people think that what they write has to be perfect and it absolutely doesn't and it can take weeks or months or years for something to be crafted to a point where you're happy with it but you have to go through the process of it making you cringe before you can get to the point where you're happy with something at least that's that's my experience yeah, I really like that idea of creating headspace. And I think that's something that maybe all artists have room for, um, whether it's a musician um, or a visual artist, like get it, get it out of your head and then at least you can focus on other things if you want to. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, and I think, you know what, I mean, in lockdown, I think the same can be said for sort of improving your mental health as well, is just sort of writing stuff down and putting it to one side and just like, giving yourself permission to be like I'm not going to think about this for a while because it's not doing me any good um, and I think that can be a really helpful thing as well. Definitely and um, on this same kind of topic I'm interested to hear what advice you might give to someone who wants to explore poetry or, or writing, creative writing um, but doesn't really know where to start. I think at the moment weirdly lockdown is such a good opportunity I'm still, I mean, I realise the rest of the country is not in lockdown anymore, but I'm firmly in lockdown, but still, I think this time when um, we can't meet up for physical workshops and we can't go to poetry readings and poetry gigs is actually, mm. weirdly, a really good time to be honing your craft because so many poets are putting up free workshops um, or at least very cheap workshops on, like, Instagram Live and YouTube, um, mm. And I think that's a really good way to spend time honing your craft. Like, you know, you, you could be in the Outer Hebrides and as long as you've got a decent Wi-Fi connection, you can definitely access some of that. Um, I think Apples and Snakes is a really good place to start. Um, they are a brilliant spoken word organisation and they're doing loads of online stuff at the moment. 
Uh, if you're in the Midlands, then writing West Midlands and writing East Midlands is a good place to start as well. Um, there's also um, the Poetry School, which is a uh, national organisation. They've got loads of online courses. Um, go on YouTube, look up Muddy Feet Poetry, who have got a, um, a brilliant selection of uh, poets and really nice professional videos. Um, and for younger ones, um, Mark Grist is a brilliant poet and he's running uh, workshops for younger ones. So if you're par a parent with young children, there's some good stuff for them as well. Um, so all of us, all of us who normally exist in like the real world doing like workshops and schools, we're all just sat at home doing stuff online. So now is a really good time to kind of be looking stuff up. And YouTube as well is just a brilliant resource. If you just type in like performance poetry, spoken word, then there's a lot of rubbish, but there's also a lot of good stuff as well. Totally. Thank you um, for those suggestions. And on that um, topic of professionals um, doing things in the in the real world that are now confined online, um, do you want to tell us a bit more about your podcast, Find the Right Words? Yeah. So Find the Right Words is a poetry night in Leicester, and mm -hmm. um, we've been going for about seven years. And um, we normally meet at the upstairs of a pub. Um, it's a pub theatre called Upstairs at the Western. Um, and it was weird. It got to sort of like March and I think it was, it was, well, uh, if we went into lockdown on the 23rd of March, I think this was about the 15th of March. And we were just looking at the rest of the country and we were like, I don't think it's all right for us to put 16 people in a room together. And we were like, we're going to cancel it. And a lot of people thought we were really overreacting, but we canceled it. And then we thought, right, well, um, I was so keen for it not to just disappear. Um, I was also really keen for the fact that if I was able to keep going and be able to pay headliners to uh, be involved virtually, then that was a good way to support poets and, and headliners. Um, so we started running it virtually and I run it through my Patreon. So what's really nice is that we ask open micers to send us their open mic uh, sets um, recorded. So they have yeah. two minute sets, they send them in. Um, we have two headliners. Um, they send in their 20 minute sets. We have something called a speed poet, which in real life, we um, ask for three themes at the top of the night. And then the poet goes away and writes a brand new poem in an hour and they come back and they perform it in the second half. Virtually, we ask for the themes online and they have about a day to write a new poem. They record it and it's uh, put into the podcast. And what is really nice is that then my husband, who is luckily, um, a tech wizard and has all this like sound engineer experience um puts it all together and then i kind of host it virtually and what's really lovely it's it's become this real diy mishmash of a virtual poetry night and it's a proper like we don't really treat it like a podcast we treat it like we're all together in the room and like i can see the audience and and from the feedback we're getting it's keeping up this sense of community and the lovely thing is that um, we've been able to have quite a lot of poets who have accessibility issues so they can't come to the live night and it means that they've been able to get involved virtually and we've and we've really broadened the the voices that we're getting involved in it um, so in that way it's been a really joyous and unexpected good thing about lockdown um, I mean I can't wait to do it for real again um, but that's been really nice. So that is available on my Patreon, uh, which is patreon.com forward slash Jess Green Poets. And um, if you came to the live night, it would cost you £8. 
for virtual night, it's five pounds, which I think is a bargain. And it pays poets as well. And that's really important. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so for someone who's listening, they hear about your virtual podcast or your um, open mic nights and your poetry for Leicester. Um, so how did you get in to doing all of this? Um, you know, you write, you mentioned that you write for TV um, and film occasionally as well. So what's been your career into the arts, into hosting a podcast, going into schools for workshops? Um, what's it been like for you over the past few years? Um, so I went to university in Liverpool, I went to John Moores, I studied creative writing and while I was there I discovered, um, I wouldn't call it a performance poetry scene, it's, it's like nowhere else I've been, it is, it's just people in the backs of pubs telling stories to each other um, and I loved that and um, then I started going to more sort of like um, professional poetry nights in like theatres and stuff and I discovered poets like Kate Tempest um, and Scroobius Pip and people like that um, and then I graduated and I decided that I wanted to be a poet. I came back from university saying I'm going to be a poet and I had absolutely no idea really what that meant. Um, I got a part-time job in a secondary school as a librarian in the afternoons and my life for about two years was that I would get up in the morning I would either go and do I would normally go and do like a workshop in a school so I worked in like schools prisons hospitals care homes universities theatres and then in the afternoon I'd go and do my job in the library and then in the evening I would go to any open mic which was in sort of like an hour and a half of Leicester um, and then on Sundays I would go to London and I was in the Roundhouse Poetry Collective in Camden. So I do that every Sunday and it was exhausting, but I loved it. And I did that for two years and I managed to just build up enough of a, of a, of experience. And I suppose like a following, I started being paid for gigs. I did festivals. I started developing my own shows. Um, I published those shows in books with Burning Eye Books. Um, and then what was the next step? And then, so one of those shows was called Burning Books and it's about education and austerity government. And mm -hmm. I then worked with Curve Theatre to develop that into a play. So that was in 2017. Um, we toured that play. And then shortly after that, I, um, I became BBC Slam champion. So in 2018, I took my show uh, to Edinburgh. And while I was in Edinburgh, I competed in the BBC Slam and then shortly after that, I applied to the BBC Writers Academy, um, which essentially they really, they, it's, it's very intensive training to write for television and mm -hmm. you write for the soaps. And at the same time, they help you to develop like a brand new idea for, for a drama. Um, and I'm sort of in the middle of that at the moment. So I've done the classroom bit and now I'm doing the sort of writing for soaps bit. Um, yeah and that's kind of where I am now so that's been like past 10 years <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah okay wow um I love I love the um dedication of going to open mics and how eventually over the course of I'm sure it wasn't instantly um building up a following um and the perseverance that I think is encouraging um to young people who can look at some industry professionals and be like oh I'm never going to get to that kind of level um, but yeah, very encouraging. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, my penultimate question today is uh, really about lockdown and what you have been consuming in lockdown. If you have any recommendations for us, whether it's books or um, poems, podcasts, uh, movies, what have you been 
watching and reading recently? Um, so the book I've been reading, at the beginning of lockdown, I decided that I was going to read A Suitable Boy by Vikram Seth, which actually is just about to be on the BBC, which is, I think at the time it was published, it was the longest book ever published, and it's like 1,500 pages long. So at the beginning yeah. of lockdown, I was like, I'm going to read this book um and I, I mean it's brilliant it's wonderful um it's sort of set in in 1950s india um and it's about it's like an indian soap opera and it's about kind of relationships and this mother trying to find her daughter like a suitable husband but it's also a lot about like the politics of the time and 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 independence and so it's wonderful um what have i been watching i watched a really good film uh, a couple of weeks ago called Days of the Bagnold Summer, which I think was on Amazon. And it's directed by um, is it Simon Bird, who used to be in The Inbetweeners. It's nothing like The Inbetweeners, don't let that it's what It's wonderful. It's about a boy who's meant to be going to America to visit his dad. And then his dad cancels on him and it's the beginning of the summer holidays. And he lives in somewhere like nondescript, like Luton or like Kettering not that sure. wrong with Luton or Kettering. Um, and he lives with his mum, who he doesn't really have a very good relationship with. And it's like how over the course of this summer, he, him, who's this real metal head, and his mum, who's just like a very average, awkward mum, kind of find things in common. Um, and it's, it's got like Rob Brydon and Tamsin Grieg in it. That's wonderful. Um, podcast, there is a great podcast. Um, he's my friend but I've got a lot of friends with podcasts and I don't promote them all. My friend Jake Leonard has set up this wonderful podcast called Missing an Audience. Um, and it is about, um, it's looking at the way that COVID has affected the arts and it's getting in um, people who work in the arts to talk about their favorite times with an audience, whether that is like being an audience member or performing to an audience. And it's just joyous. It's just like talking about like, reminding us about why audiences and live theatre is so important and and giving us hope that we will get back there so that's called missing an audience it's really good wonderful thank you for your recommendation um that's that's great to hear and i'm definitely gonna check out the suitable boy because i've been meaning to for a while now <laughs> an easy read as well so like it's not it's not a slog um, so my final question is just about where people can find you online and on your social media. Um, I'm Jess Green Poet on everything. Um, so that's the best way to find out stuff. Every, I mean, I say everything. That makes me sound like I'm on like the young people. I'm not. I'm on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. That is the best place to find my stuff. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jess. Um, this video will be available on our Instagram, so feel free to direct people here. And yeah, it's been great to hear more about what you do. So thank you. Brilliant. Thanks very much. Bye. Have a great day. And you. Bye. Today's episode was made possible by Voice Magazine, an online platform for young people interested in art and culture. You can read Voice over at voicemag.uk and find it on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook as VoiceMagUK. The voice contributors are also on Instagram over at voice.extra. If you are looking for another podcast to listen to, the contributors release the Voice Extra podcast every Saturday, where they talk about the pieces they've produced and the culture they've been enjoying. If you like this podcast, please consider helping us to make more with a donation of any amount at voicemag.uk forward slash donate. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for the use of the track Thief in the Night. You can find more of his work in computech.com. Tom Innes was the executive producer.